Well, again, dear church family, we, our concentration this Lord's Day will be on the precious words of the Gospel according to John, John 10, 11, of the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout John's Gospel, you'll notice upon careful reading, really, that the Lord has these very lengthy dialogues with the Pharisees and the the Sadducees and the religious elite of, of that day. Right throughout John's Gospel, there's this to and fro, really, between them, and we've read some of that, uh, where he has this lengthy dialogue where the Lord really lovingly seeks to correct their earthly and faulty thinking of who he is and the true way of salvation and, of course, who they are as well. After all, they were supposed to be guides, of course, of the people, weren't they? The religious elite of that day. And as we know, Christ used timeless, very simple, yet incredibly profound parables to relay divine truths, did he not? Which really had very little, very little effect upon the religious elite of that day. But it had more so effect upon those who really were ignorant in many ways, that were poor and despised in this world's eyes, fishermen, all sorts of people. I'm not saying that there were not some, but by and large, his very simple, uh, profound words, timeless words really, took effect upon those who who were deemed the most despised in society. And sadly, the religious elite of that day wanted a more complicated man-centered way of getting right with God, really, which involved many of their traditions, which they took with them, rather than the simple eternal truths outlined in the Holy Scriptures, of course, which the Lord confirmed by his own ministry. And so, beloved of the Lord and friends, with this in mind, let us consider for today's text two points really, of application. Two points to consider for today's sermon text. Firstly, what are we likened to here? What are we likened to in the, in the eyes of God? Not in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of Almighty God. And secondly, why is it that we all need the good shepherd of our souls? Desperately, why is it we all need the good shepherd? We all need to utterly depend upon him. And so firstly then, who are you and I? Who and you and I, who are we, dear friends, in the eyes of the Lord? Not in the eyes of the man, but in the eyes of the Lord. Of course, our ever-changing culture are forever changing its mind on, on who, who and you I are. And I'm not talking necessarily about gender roles now. I'm talking specifically about the evil and vain philosophies and the rudiments of this world which propagates in the public school system, 
in universities, in many institutions, and of course right through the media, which propagate really the evil and vain philosophies of this world, which spoil souls and making them to believe, of course, in the lies of materialism, evolution, naturalism, um, hedonism, uh, feminism, all these isms, as it were, to give our hearts to these things. And underneath all these vain philosophies, these vain systems, as it were, the wicked systems of this world, underlines one overarching philosophy and theme behind them all. And that, of course, is love of self. That, of course, is being gods in our own eyes, really. Man wants to be God of his own life. That's what it comes down to. He does not want that man to reign over him, Jesus Christ. He wants to be God in his own life. He wants to do that which is right in his own eyes. And whether that be in secular circles or whether that be under the pretense of religion, whether that means trampling over others to get what they want, with a philosophy that the strongest survive, well, I'll do whatever I want to get ahead of that person in the workplace. Or I'll, I'll, I'll cheat and I'll, I'll be dishonest or I'll gossip or I'll bully. I'll do whatever it takes to get ahead in life. After all, I'm an animal. I have no accountability to anyone else in life. I'll live for number one, get what I want while I can in life. That's the philosophy, the undergirding philosophy of our culture now, friends. I will express myself in whatever way I please. Thank you very much. I'm not going to be told. I'm told that I'm a sinner. I will live for number one. I will eat and drink and be merry and watch telly and do what I want in life. I am a free spirit. I'm an independent thinker. Thank you very much. And little really does man know, doesn't he? Little does man know that he is not a free spirit. I've heard that so much before. He is not an independent thinker. He is under the power of Satan, Lucifer. If you're not under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and under his spirit and through his spirit, you're under the power of Satan, Lucifer. And that is just a fact for you, friends. I was like this for years, right up until my 20s. I was under the power of Satan, though I didn't realize it. It is said of Lucifer in Isaiah's, uh, in Isaiah fourteen thirteen through fifteen, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven; I will exalt my throne above the stars; I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That's the philosophy of this world. I, 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 I. It's all about me. It's all about my kingdom come. It's all about what I want in life. All these other philosophies in this world, what they really have at their heart is it's all about me. Self-love. Feminism, materialism. It's all about I'm the God of my life. And I do not want to be accountable to the God of heaven. And so I want to do what is right in my own eyes. I will reach for the stars, as it were. I will be like the Most High. I will be the God of my own life. I will not have God to reign over me. And yet the Lord says in the very same breath, doesn't he, in verse 15 of that same passage, Yea, thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. 
And the reason, friends, why I labour on this point in particular is to show us that God's word about us, every single word about us, is true concerning what we are like by nature. We are like sheep, foolish sheep. By, by our very birth, we are like sheep that naturally go astray. None of us are born Christians, even if we belong to a Christian home. We are like sheep that have gone astray from the good shepherd of our souls. We are likened to sheep that are in desperate need of dependence upon a higher power. Sheep, if they're left to their own, don't they? They go astray. They, they think the grass is greener on the other side. And spiritually, this is true of all of us, friends. The Bible says of our hearts, that the, in Jeremiah, the heart of man is desperately wicked. And who can know it? Well, God knows what we're like, doesn't he? Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. It doesn't say some of us. It says all of us. All of us have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. All of us, friends, all of us have gone astray from the good shepherd, from God. All of us have gone with the crowd, as it were. We just follow the the broken systems of this world, the Hollywood ideals, the things which are propagated by the media, which, which our children are brainwashed in the schools. We just follow the crowd, aren't we? Like sheep. We, like Satan, have gone our own way. We try to reach for the stars, don't we? We try to, I'm going to fulfill my destiny in life. Reach for the stars. That's the philosophy of this world, isn't it? And we think, friends, don't we, that the grass is greener on the other side, don't we? We think we're in control. We think we can shape our own lives and our own futures. We think we can make our own way in life. Be an independent thinker. Be a free spirit, as it were. Reach for the stars. And the spiritual reality is, is that if we think like that, friends, we are really under the power and control of the devil. That's the truth of it. If we think independently like that, we're under the power of the devil. We're not under the power of God. Because those who belong to Christ, dear friends, are not independent thinkers anymore. They depend upon the mind of another. They hear the voice of another. And that's Christ, according to his words. Did not Christ say of such, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do? You don't believe me because you're of your father, the devil. You don't believe, you don't hear my voice. Why? Because they abode not in the truth. They did, they hated the truth. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light, because they're deeds of evil. The truth is, friends, that you and I are like sheep, are like nature. We must first receive that bad news, as it were. You can't receive the good news before you receive the bad news. You can't enjoy the sweet before you experience the sour, spiritually speaking. We are like foolish, straying sheep by nature. But you know, friends, that's not it, is it? The blessed thing about the gospel is, is that the the illustration of of sheep is is incredibly accurate, accurate because sheep are the most incredibly resourceful animals 
upon the planet, if not the most resourceful animal upon the planet. I mean, just think about it for a minute. Sheep clothe with wool the known world, do they not? Carpets, curtains, clothes, blankets, towels, you name it. Sheep, friends, are the most incredibly capable and resourceful animals across the world, aren't they? Sheep also produce great milk, do they not? Especially in the East Countries, which many people still use them for milk nowadays. Sheep, of course, uh, produce that wonder oil known as lanolin oil. Lanolin oil in the fur of sheep is used in so many applications, in the auto industry, in healthcare, in medical, in so many industries. It's used, it is such a wonder oil, this lanolin. Sheep's meat, of course, is, in my books, is the chiefest amongst the meat, isn't it? The nutrients and the fat in particular of lamb, dear friends. It's amazing, isn't it? The taste and the nutrients you get from it. And a kick, of course, sheep also can be great stewards, can't they? Of pastures and lands. They can be our natural lawnmowers, can't they? As it were. <laughs> Imagine if we did what the climate uh, fanatics say and, and dig up all the lands. How much gas would that release in one go? You see, sheep, friends, are amazingly resourceful and incredible animals if, if they are kept by a good shepherd. If they are not kept, that which is the most resourceful animal upon the planet, dear friends, will become the most useless and, and, and utterly, utterly uh, I can't really describe it, but utterly something which has such profound uh, potential becomes incredibly unprofitable. And dear friends, God has hedged us in, hasn't he, with general revelation. The heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. It is obvious, isn't there? It is obvious that there is a, a, a great genius, an almighty power, and a mind behind all that there is. It witnesses to us. God testifies to us every day. And there's no escaping God's general revelation, friends. There's no escaping it. That, that he who has made us has made us for himself. God has made us for himself. It is not us who have made us. It is he that has made us. There is a grand design and purpose for our lives, dear friends. He has endowed us all with great resourcefulness and faculties. Just think about it. We are able to behold the heavens. We are able to have these wonderful faculties which animals do not have. And friends, if we use those faculties for the creature and not the creator... If we go our own way, as it were, in life, and we blind ourselves, as it were, to the, to the creator, then, dear friends, the blood is on our hands, isn't it? Will you seek him, dear friends? Will you hear his voice, the good shepherd calling you today? Or will you and I can continue to stray from the good shepherd of our souls and go our own way in life? And friends, like I said, I did this for years. 
I did this into, into my 20s. I did this. I knew deep down that I was rebelling from God. I suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. I pushed it down in my life. I knew that I was rebelling from God. And I suppressed it for years. Although God sent his under shepherds. God sent people in my life. And yet I kept on suppressing it. Kept on draining out those faculties. Kept on trying to drain out my mind, my eyes, my ears, my, those faculties with the creature. Listening to ungodly music. Setting my eyes on things which I should not set my eyes on. And, and dear friends, I, I kept on looking over the hedge and going my own way. And perhaps I'm speaking to someone here today. And, and you know in your heart that you're not yet right with God. You're not depending upon the good shepherd of your soul. God also, friends, has hedged us in through his commandments. The the grass is not greener on the other side. Please do not ignore God's loving warning signs. He provides us with warning signs. God has hedged us in with his commandments, which are written upon the tablet of our hearts. We know you don't have to teach a child to steal or to murder. A child will intrinsically do that which is evil, dear friends, by nature. It is because they have the commandments written upon their hearts. And dear friends, this is a witness to us. It's God's alarm system for our soul, for our conscience. And every day... We ignore the voice of God. We ignore conscience, which is God's voice speaking to us. Every day, dear friends, that which can be most resourceful, can be most blessed, dear friends, will become so unprofitable. It will become closer and closer to hell. He speaks to us through, through the, the conscience. He convicts us that we've broken his holy laws. That we have not attained to the standard which he expects for heaven and glory. That is perfection. I I must attain to that standard, that holy standard. And I haven't. I've broken his laws and I've done so willingly. And that means I'm under God's judgment. And that means if I do not have a saviour, a perfect, holy, obedient saviour, a good shepherd who's willing to lay down his holy life for my sinful life, for my straying, that means I'm under God's judgment. That means I'll be cast into hell forever, friends. You see, dear friends, this witness is upon our hearts, upon our conscience. We have broken his commandments. We've strayed from them. We've bit the hand that feeds us, dear friends. All of us have done that. Unless we seek his salvation and his blessing, that which God has made with great resourcefulness, with a great capacity to understand and to seek and to know God, it will become eternally unprofitable. We will be subject, dear friends, to the thieves and the wolves and the storms of this life. We'll just be scattered about. And the wolves and the thieves of this life will be subject to, dear friends, the false shepherds, as it were. Sheep, dear friends, are dependable creatures. We're made. God has made us to depend utterly upon him. That's the confession, isn't it? The Westminster Confession. That we're made for God to bring glory to his name. To enjoy him forever. 
We are made dependable creatures. If we ignore our maker's calling of us through the written word, through the preached word, through the commandments, which are our schoolmaster that leads us to Christ, through the conscience, through general revelation, if we ignore our maker's calling of us, if we slight his providential rod, and if we go our own way, friends, how eternally unresourceful and, and how unprofitable, unprofitable will our souls be in hell? Because we've neglected so great a salvation. And just imagine the reality. Just imagine for a moment the reality of that being completely and utterly unresourceful for eternity. Think about that for a minute. Any good thing that you do in your day-to-day life now, saying I love you to a loved one, giving something good, just any good thing that you do for anyone, in hell, dear friends, you'll be completely and utterly unresourceful for eternity. You won't be able to do anything good in hell at all, forever. Really, because... Because you've completely and utterly neglected the author of all goodness. The one who has endowed you, who has given you opportunities to get right with him. It's solemn, isn't it, friends? The author of all goodness, dear friends. If you shut the author of all goodness, the fountain of every blessing in your life, those very faculties, your mind, your heart, your ears, your eyes, the very faculties that God has given you to seek him and to worship him and to receive him into your heart, to hear his voice, those very faculties, dear friends, nothing good of them will will endure for eternity. That is solemn, isn't it? We must use our faculties, our hearts, our minds, Everything, that's the commandment, isn't it? To love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. What does that mean? It means we must seek God wholeheartedly, not not with a divided heart, not really having something in our coat that says, I'm going to still give my heart to this world and not to eternity, not to Christ. We, We must be all in friends. That is the only way to seek the Lord. Well, dear friends, if there are any amongst us today that are still living dangerously away from the good shepherd of their souls, the Saviour, ignoring his loving reproofs and it calls, I I plead with you, friends, I plead with you today, before it's too late, you must get right with God because the busy will get busier. The heart will get harder, friends. Don't put it off. Even if you're young, I tell you now, if you say, I'm, I'll, I'll do it when I'm, get, I'm a bit older. I want to just get some things done in life. That heart, heart will get harder. The busy will get busier, friends. Satan will make good use of those faculties. The Lord says once again in John 10:11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Consider, friends, that God the Father, God the Father appointed only his Son, his only begotten Son, who is the very essence of who God is. 
who is God in the flesh, who dwelt amongst us. The very express image of who God is dwelt amongst us. He appointed and chose before the foundations of the world his son and not the Pope, nor any fallible, sinful man who is in need also of the good shepherd. He chose his precious son to be our good shepherd because he's the only one holy enough and obedient enough to have kept all the, the righteous commandments. He is not sinful man. He is the only one that could have satisfied the divine justice of God upon sin, upon that cross. And he did so, friends, at great price, did he not? God laid down his holy life, dear friends, for all his sheep, for all those who would hear his voice and be known of God. He purchased us with his precious holy blood and righteousness on that cross, did he not? He saw you and I, dear friends, in our sins, going our own way, straying from the fold of God, did he not? And at great pains, he laid down his holy life for us, dear friends. Even while we're yet sinners, God did this. He engaged with the cruelest of enemies, did he not? He engaged with them, friends, the wolves and bears and thieves of this world that seek to devour us, dear friends. God engaged with them. The Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends, friends, did not like a hireling, did not run away from them. He endured right to the end. He has overcome all our worst enemies, our sin, which is too strong for us, the pull of this world, which is too strong for us, the devil, which is too powerful for us. He has come, overcome all of our enemies. And yet the, the strongest of them is, is that sin, our sin, still has to be punished. And the Lord Jesus Christ was punished in our place. He endured the wrath of his father upon your sin and my sin. The full weight of every single one of your sins, of mind, of deed, the things that you know to be right and you haven't done. Every single sin, dear friends, the God the Father poured onto his son. And he endured that. No wonder why the whole world went dark. The suffering of the spotless, blemishless Lamb of God became black, became dark, who knew no, no sin for us. Out of love, friends. And friends, if we neglect so great a salvation, dear friends, if we ignore that, then it is just, isn't it? It is just of God to cast us into hell. Because we have not only sinned against God, like the prodigal son says, we've sinned against heaven. The very knowledge that, that, that we have, that God has endowed us with. You see, many people will say, and I've heard it so many times before, will say, they, 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 they take some aspects of the gospel that says, the reason I don't believe is how, how unjust is it for a God, a God of love, to cast me into hell for eternity when I've committed sin for a lifetime. That's so unjust, but it's not. And I'll tell you why. It's because God has made us for himself for eternity. That's why the prodigal says, I've sinned against thee, Father, and against heaven. I know through my conscience that, that there is an eternity to come. 
but I suppress this truth. It's obvious that there's an eternity to come. Every person, even the, 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 the hardened atheist knows this deep down, but they suppress it, dear friends. That's the truth of it, isn't it? And so, friends, you see, in all our wanderings, in all our rebellion, dear friends, we are literally in danger upon the cliff edge of this world. Wolf and thief compass you about. This world's foundations literally are crumbling, friends, below your feet. The precipice of eternal hell is nearing you, dear friends, if you're not yet the Lord's. All other shepherds and hirelings, friends, have abandoned you because they are but men and not God. They continue to say peace, peace to your soul. When there is no peace, dear friends, they, they, they continue to assure you that you're saved, but you're not truly converted. But the precipice of hell, eternal hell, is hanging over you, dear friends. When will you hear the voice of the shepherd? Like the Levite in the parable of the Good Samaritan, they see your wound, they see that it's fatal, friends, and yet they walk on the other side of the road, as it were. They consider you as good as one as dead, dead as, as, as consider you good as dead, dear friends. No man cares for your soul, truly, like the Lord Jesus Christ, friends. He is the only one really has loved us unto death. You know, scarcely, scarcely will a righteous man give his life for his, for his friends. But while we're yet enemies, enemies to God, Christ laid down his life for us. You know, we try to pretend ourselves, well, I, I would do this for my friend. And so, but, you know, when, we, when it's a difficult time, we have an argument and we, we <laughs> you know, we can, we can be mean-hearted sometimes, can't we? We kid ourselves. Christ, the Holy One, the, the one who spent eternity past in sweet communion laid down his holy life for us, friends. For us rebel sinners. Such is the love of Christ, friends. Only Christ is a good shepherd of the sheep because he knows his sheep. He is intimately acquainted with every single one of his sheep. He knows their heart cry. He knows what's in their heart. He sees their sincerity of heart. He sees that they no longer depend upon themselves. He sees that they're no longer looking within themselves or the things of this world. He sees them on that cliff edge, as it were, and he comes after them because they look no longer to themselves or to this world. They look to him. And they, they cry to him from their hearts. And he sees that. And he comes after them. He ventures all, as it were, to save them, to, to bear them upon his shoulders, as it were. He takes special notice of every cry from every penitent sinner. And friends, I tell you now, if you cry from the very depths of your heart and your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ today, if you cry and you understand that I am the sheep, I am the sheep that have gone astray, I have not truly known you, if you cry to him from the depths of your heart, he promises that he will save you. That he will pick you up, dear friends, and put you on his shoulders and he will take you all the way to the inn. He will bear the brunt. He will pay the cost. He will redeem you. He will overcome all your enemies for you. And he promises that. He is a good shepherd, friends. Every shepherd, of course, will mark his sheep whereby they are distinguished from others. God's sheep are distinguished 
from others, are they not? That's why Emily and I call our children children and not kids. Kids are goats, aren't they? Our children are children. They are covenant children. We pray that the Lord in his grace and mercy would save every single one of our children because we entrust them to God. And we pray that if the Lord does give us more children, that he would convert them by his grace. They are children. The Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, has set his own heavenly mark, friends, upon his people. Their mark is that they are justified freely by faith without the works of the flesh. The thief upon the cross, did he not? The thief upon the cross was justified by faith in Christ alone. No works at all to boast in. Not one single work to boast in. He heard that you saved others, that he is the king of the Jews, that he is the son of God. One, one hour he was a, a scorner, a mocker, and he heard all these words. And he saw the grace. He saw God there next to him. And he believed in that moment. And God working in his heart that this was the Messiah, this was the Christ, and he was justified freely by faith without any works at all. That wondrous doctrine, justification by faith in Christ alone, without the works of the flesh. This is the true mark of every single believer, a life of faith alone, in Christ alone, to God's glory alone, governed by the word of God alone. A life of faith distinguishes itself and establishes itself in a life of holiness, meekness, obedience. Their motivation is one of love for the good shepherd who laid down his life out of love for them. It's not a a condemning motivation. It's a motivation of love. I, I want to serve the Lord of my life. I want to do these things. I'm made willing now to do these things. Whereas before I wasn't willing. Christ's sheep, dear friends, are sealed in their foreheads and in their hands. They have the mark, the heavenly mark upon them. They have not the mark of the beast, which they previously did. Now I'm going to be a bit controversial now. They are not marked with the, 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 the mark of the beast, are they? Before I was a Christian, I was marked with the mark of the beast. My mind was given, like in the days of Noah, the imaginations of the thought were evil. I wouldn't say continually, but I gave my mind and my heart to the things of this world. And my hands fulfilled them, did they? My works, as it were. That is the mark of the beast. It's not some chip in your head or some barcode, as it were, which many will propagate these days. I'm not saying that these things will not happen. Of course they can happen, of course. But think about this. Think about this for one moment now. The Lord Jesus Christ always in his ministry put an emphasis upon true heartfelt and mindfelt religion. Did he not? Always in his ministry. That that's a man after my own heart. David is a man after my own heart. That will require us truth in the inward parts, as it were. Christ always, always um, uh, 
preached true religion and true faith and belief from the heart, why would suddenly he make a mark of a true believer, an outward mark? Dear friends, he would not, would he? Because someone could force that upon him. Someone could literally hold someone down and put it upon them. The mark of the beast are those who in their mind and their hearts are still following the evil systems of this world. Their their minds are still infatuated, consumed with worldly ideals. And their hands fulfill those ideals, as it were. But Christ's sheep have a distinguishing mark of grace. They faith, they trust in his salvation. It is complete and finished in them. And they fulfill that in a life of faith towards the God. That's how you can distinguish between true believers and not. And of course, dear friends, a shepherd is one who will always lead and feed his sheep. A good shepherd never, ever leaves his sheep by, by themselves, does he? Christ, dear friends, the good shepherd, leads his sheep in the paths of his righteousness for his great name's sake. He feeds them with good and sound doctrine, gathers them together in faithful, God-honoring churches that they may hear the word of God. And they do hear and they do follow him. He leads them beside the still waters. He gives them fresh supplies of grace when they're feeling weary, as it were. And though at times, friends, they are made to walk through the valley or the shadow of death, they will not fear evil, will they? Like David, because the good shepherd is close by and his rod comforts them. That's chastening rod, that correcting rod, that providential correcting rod, that's protecting and preserving rod that rod that pushes him back into the fold again and that is a wonderful thing for the believer if a shepherd has lost one of a sheep that has strayed he will go after it will he not every true sheep of god if they have strayed from the the fold of god the good shepherd goes after it he came to seek and to save that which is lost and not found. Those who truly understand, dear friends, that they are wretched, hell-deserving sinners. He did not come to save the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Those who admit that they are sinners, that they have broken God's laws in everything, and that they utterly need the, the, the Savior. And likewise, there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than 99 just persons that needeth not repentance. And when Christ the good shepherd hears his sheep mourning over their sins, over their straying, over their folly, he is well pleased, dear friends. When he hears their, their, them crying, he comes after them, picks them up again, as it were, gives them grace, uh, leads them again in the path of righteousness. He takes up every one of his lost sheep upon his shoulders. He takes the burden, he carries them, he gives them the power through grace and through the Spirit again, and brings them all the way home to glory. And we've seen that this week, haven't we? A dear sister taken home to glory. Christ, unlike the many false shepherds of this world, binds up the brokenhearted. He tenderly helps the weak. He heals and restores true heavenly sight. Our good shepherd 
beloved watches over us, his sheep, from the many dangers to our souls in this life. A strict watch is kept upon every single one of his sheep. We are as the apple of his eye, are we not? And of course, on that great day of reckoning, that great day of judgment, Christ the Good Shepherd will separate the sheep from the goats, will he not? And you know, if you go to the Middle East, goats look a lot like sheep, don't they? <laughs> you notice that. It's not like over here. If you go there, they're very similar. You, you can hardly tell the difference between goats and sheep in the, in the Middle East. But on that great and, and day of reckoning, God will separate the godly from the wicked, from those who have truly closed with Christ in their hearts, dear friends, from those who are still uh, in love with this world and give their hearts to the things of this world. Not one of his sheep, friends, will be lost. Christ says, of all those that thou hast given me, I have lost none. Praise be to God that if you're in Christ, friends, and you've got the good shepherd and you depend upon him and you cry to him every day and you love him because he has first loved you, you can never, ever lose your salvation. Praise be to God. Praise be that his salvation is about what he has done for us and not what we have done for ourselves. I would be petrified (laughs) if my salvation was based upon me. It's all upon him. He has laid down his life, friends. And not one, not one who comes to him sincerely and wholeheartedly will be lost. Praise be to God. The under-shepherds of this world, as nice as pastors and elders and other believers who are under-shepherds that can help and guide you, as, as, as nice as they can be, they cannot save you. And they too will fail you at times. The Lord Jesus will never fail you, friends, ever. You can put all your trust and hope in him. Come to him today wholeheartedly. He will hear your voice. He will hear your voice if you cry from him within the depths of your heart. Be converted and know of the good shepherd who is truly loved like none other. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com. That's grace2seekers at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.com. Dot co dot uk